Blog Talk Radio. This is Vox Populi. Vox Populi. The voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now, here's your host, Sean Astin. hear me. This is Sean Astin, and you are listening to Vox Populi Radio. I'm wondering if my voice is going out into the universe. Uh, I have just arrived in the great city of Toronto, where I have spent much, much, much time working on many different television shows and movies. It's a fantastic city. Metropolitan, multicultural, poly something. I don't know. I love it here. And uh, Canada... Since um, is it the pr- prime minister? See the prime minister, the prime minister Trudeau, uh, and his wife uh, came down to um, uh, have a state dinner at the White House. I didn't actually get to listen to those speeches. Usually, I make it my business to hear those speeches, but anyhow, here I am now up in our great neighbors to the north, homeland. Um, Mm, mm, mm. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not possibly be more excited. For those of you who are uh, with us now, first of all, I apologize. I started um, X number of minutes late, I think, five minutes late, trying to figure out my new uh, 
handy dandy microphone system and trying to get all set up with Skype and yeah, I don't need to bore you. Basically, it took me a while to get things together, which I may have. I didn't get all the pictures we've got uploaded. Maybe during uh, some of our commercial breaks, I'll get that done. Oh, commercial breaks. I didn't get that sound loaded either. <laughs> I do have some good interviews and some compilation stuff uh, from uh, candidate uh, Donald J. Trump's uh, experience on the on the campaign trail. I've got a compilation of his incendiary remarks, which everybody uh, around the country and probably around the world have been listening to. And then I've got uh, the clips that um, Senators Cruz and uh, Rubio have uh have their their sound and then also uh senator uh, secretary clinton and senator sanders so that that's the reason i'm doing this show right now the reason i'm doing this show is i want to go on record i want to go on record with my thoughts and my feelings right now because uh i think we're at a a a a threshold uh i think we're at a certain uh, critical moment of critical mass and I think that now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. Um, the, in particular, all of my Republican friends, I think, uh, must, must, must go on record right now. Must make some utterance, offer some thought um, about this, the goings on right now. Because as sure as I'm sitting here, it's only a matter of time before people are really, really hurt and or killed. Um, it's, all, it's all fun and games now when it's just shouting. It's all fun and games when it's uh, one sucker punch and a guy doesn't seem to be hurt too bad. Could have broken his jaw. Guy could have his jaw wired shut. Um, the, the African-American gentleman who is a uh, protester was screaming and yelling and I think uh, flicking the bird to uh, to the gathered masses, a guy who had encroached upon uh, the Trump rally to uh, to protest, to scream and yell. So anyhow, during this time, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about what we what people think is happening. Uh, why it's happening. Uh, we're going to talk about what we think the ramifications are. We're going to talk about all that good stuff. We're going to talk about it for about 90 minutes, I figure. Um, I guess we could stop sooner or later, depending on how enthusiastic people get. But I see we already have a, a caller in. We'll go to that caller in a minute. But first, before I go to a caller, I have to make my position clear. I want to, I need to make my position clear. I am absolutely convinced that Donald Trump is intentionally provoking violence. I don't think it's a misunderstanding. I don't think any clarification from him can wash away what is a deliberate, specific, and concerted attempt to create violence. That's what Trump is doing. Trump is doing this because he knows that it will work to his political advantage to do it. The 
problem, the Trumpian approach to the political dialectic, to political discourse, to, to rhetoric in public sphere, is that not unlike heroin, once you have experienced the outrage, once you have been shocked by it, you grow accustomed to it. The needle keeps moving. And then you need a little bit more in order to be outraged. Just talking about Megan Kelly's menstrual cycle isn't enough. All of the rest of it. Just asserting that the country should ban all Muslims from coming into the country with the caveat that it's only for a short period of time until, quote unquote, we figure out what's going on. Now, I'm not sure if Donald Trump's intention is to do a complete psychoanalysis of 1.4 billion people, or if he thinks there's some secret decoder ring that's going to allow us to ultimately identify the strain in Islam that, in his word, word, hates us. Actually, he doesn't say it's a strain. He says he says an awful lot of them, we're meaning meaning Muslims. Anyhow, so we can we can we can talk about how this how this works. I'm going to go ahead and play the compilation of his comments, and then we'll get into the discussion about exactly how designed his rhetoric is. And not his, his rhetoric, but his actions, his provocations, how expertly executed they are in order to create exactly what is happening now and to foment much, much worse. Hillary Clinton called his actions political arson and that if you use play with matches, you can start fires that you can't control. I think this is much, much worse. I think Trump is shooting sniper bullets into a crowd and watching the crowd freak out and is planning to greet the crowd once they, in a stampede, bust their way through the gates, meet up with his real intentions. That's what I think. I think Trump's doing it on purpose. I don't think it. I know it. All right. So my name is Sean Astin. I'm the host of Vox Popular Radio. I'm... Always interested in civil discourse, but at the moment, um, it's time uh, the time for talk and half measures and over, and we need to really get serious. Here is a compilation of Trump's recent public commands, utterances. Yeah. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay. Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. That's true. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. In the good old days, they'd rip him out of that seat so fast. But today, everybody's politically correct. Our country's going to hell with being politically correct. Going to hell.
Uh, get him out of here, please. Get him out. Get him out. Are you from Mexico? Are you from Mexico? Huh? Are you from Mexico? Get out of here. Get out. Out! Oh, this is amazing. So much fun. I love it. I love it. We having a good time? USA! USA! Yeah, get him out. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. We had four guys. They jumped on him. They were swinging and swinging. The next day, we got killed in the press. That we were too rough. Give me a break. You know? Right? We don't want to be too politically correct anymore. Right, folks? Get him out of here. Get him out. Get him out of here. Get them out. Are these rallies the most fun of everybody, right? Do we have the most fun? Do we have the most fun? Yeah, get him out of here. Get him out. Get him out. All right, all right. So it, it goes on. The compilation uh, goes on for a long time. But let me introduce uh, another. Oh, we lost a caller. Oh, folks, you can call in at 646-716-7010. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Uh, I'm going to try and tweet out here in a minute and uh, the, that we're on the air. Um, I'm making some pretty big assertions here. Let's, let's go through and, and uh, explicate a little bit of what it is we just heard. Um, can I go back in that one? Well, let's see if we can do it again. Let's listen to this first one. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay? Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise. I lo- All right. There we go. If you see somebody ready to throw a tomato, so you got you to gotta have a certain amount of, you know, not fake throw it, you have to anticipate that they're actually going to throw it, and then you're going to punch them. Is he inciting people to do self-defense? You know, is it like the Secret Service? Do you jump in front of the tomato bullet? Regardless, a vegetable being thrown has its own historical um, reality. But punch him in the face. He's ordering his people. He's asking his people. He's instructing his people to punch him in the face, and that he'll pay their legal bills. It goes on. That was one of the early ones. That was a few weeks ago, I think. A couple weeks ago, anyway. I don't know. Time's going fast. Let's take a caller here. Uh, Hopefully, it's a good Republican who we can get along with. Let's see. Hello, hello. This is Sean Aston. You're on uh, Vox Popular Radio. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Hi, this is uh, Brandon. I'm calling from Elk Grove, California. Brandon, what are you thinking? Um. Well, if you're looking for a Republican, I'll tell you what this, that uh, I am a registered Republican, and I have talked to many of my coworkers here in Northern California and family members, and this is probably one of the first times um, that a lot of people I've felt that don't really want to vote for Donald Trump. Like, we don't really want Hillary, but we don't want Donald Trump either representing the Republican Party. Right. So a few questions just so we can get the lay of the land. Um, do any of the other candidates, do Rubio, Cruz, or Kasich, 
uh, seem in any way appealing to you as an alternative for Trump at this point? First, I'll, I'll speak personally for myself. Um, none of them really are what I was looking for. Um, I was early on a uh, Ben Carson supporter. Um, I really liked the things that he had to say. You know, he's an educated man. Um, the rest of the candidates just come, off, come across to me as um, too much of a, the, the stereotypical, uh, you know, politician. Um, Donald Trump, I think, has some good things to say. But it's just the wrong voice. Like he's just way too radical. Brandon, you, for... were you in any way? Sorry to interrupt you, Brandon. Were you in any way moved by uh, Ben Carson's uh, throwing his support? Ben Carson throwing his support behind Donald Trump, his endorsement of Trump the other day. No, no. I mean, even though like Carson supported him and said that you know he um, does support and endorse uh, Donald Trump, he still he's still just the things that he says is still way too radical. I feel for. You know, I've actually considered myself more of a, I don't know if there's such a moderate, you know, or a liberal Democrat or a liberal Republican, excuse me, um, where I'm not super right wing, but I'm more in the middle, you know. And that's what I was really looking for for a candidate um, that I felt would be, you know, good for the for this, you know, for the United States for this year's, you know, election. But Donald Trump seems just to be way too, way too radical, unfortunately, for for myself. All right, so you talk, you first started talking about the party, not what you and the, the folks you were talking to, your friends or whoever, that you, that you weren't um, – that you didn't – despite your feelings of how Clinton, Hillary wouldn't uh, – you know, was not who you wanted. I am a Hillary supporter, by the way, but uh, that, that's, mm-hmm. that, doesn't matter, that doesn't matter for the sake of this next little piece of the conversation. But did you, do you um, – what does it mean to you? What does the Republican Party mean to you? I mean do you think the Republican Party – uh, what what is the Republican Party? That's what I want you to know. What what is it to you? For me personally, um, I think the Republican Party um, supports you know traditional values in America, um, which would technically be you know described as conservative. Um, I kind of feel myself uh, as not a super conservative conservative Republican, but as a moderate Republican, because that's why I I, um, I kind of differ. Where I still believe. In certain things that the Democrats say, like I'm kind of for I'm for uh, abortion in certain cases and standpoints, but not for just if you want to go out and you you know you're an 18 year old girl, you make the wrong mistake, then you should be able to get an abortion. You know, I don't believe in that kind of a thing, but I do believe um, that you know you should be able to make your own choices and decisions. Um, you know, I'm for gay marriage. Typically, Republicans are not for that. So more progressive in that standpoint, you know, that I believe that everyone has the right and the ability to make their own choices in life. Um, right, but so for me, let me, let me, more... let me interrupt uh-huh. you for just a sec. So my question to you was, what are you, you know, what is the Republican Party to you? And you very reasonably started listing a lot of the issues and your feelings or your opinions about the issues. Uh-huh. So, but what I you know the the Republican Party, the RNC, is actually uh, an organization, right? It's an it's an actual group with a with a that, right. you know Rance Rance Priebus is the head of it. You know there's there are it, it, every year it puts out uh, as does the Democratic Party and all the parties really uh, a platform. Uh, it also has a series of rules about how um, it's um, it's it's uh, what do you call it? It's candidates across all of the 
you know, Senate and House and governors and president. Like it's got a series of rules about how it it expects those uh, that selection process to go, right? Uh-huh. So th- this is why I'm getting at it. You know, Rubio. Well, maybe I'll play Rubio for you for a second here, and we'll see what you think. Rubio. All okay. all of the other candidates. All the other. Well, I mean Trump as well, but basically the three other candidates were being asked after the the debate the other night if they didn't win the nomination, and Trump did, would they support the Republican nominee? And to a person, Kasich, Cruz, and Rubio all said, and they looked like they were choking on a, on a Brussels sprout when they said it, but yes, they would support whoever was the nominee. And, uh, and let, me, let me just play for you for a moment what, uh, what Rubio is saying now to Trump. Okay, let me, let me play what he says. Hold on. This is now multiple rallies where people are assaulted and beat up, where a guy gets sucker punched by one of the Trump supporters, and then instead of condemning it, uh, Trump is silent. When the guy is released from jail, he says the next time we maybe we should kill the protester. Against again, there's silence. Then he goes on stage and makes just makes things up. He keeps telling the story about general a general who dipped bullets in the pig blood and shot a bunch of prisoners of Muslim prisoners. That's it. Now he's outrageous. It's a lie. And then he claims that the guy that, that stormed the stage was linked to ISIS. I mean, he has turned the most important election in a generation into a circus. Would I be overstating matters if I said you sound like you're actually concerned that somebody, before this is all over, somebody might lose their life? I'm very concerned about that. I'm very concerned. We don't know what's going to happen next year. He has said to people, why don't we basically beat up the protesters and beat up the hecklers and I'll pay your legal bills. And here's what people have to understand. Maybe you think it's a joke, but there are people out there that are not balanced. There are people out there that, that, that are not uh, uh, completely in control of themselves. And they hear something like this from a leader, you don't know what they're going to do next. And when someone is seeking a position of leadership and is already in a position of influence, you speak responsibly. This notion that a president can just say anything they want, or even a presidential candidate can say anything they want, whatever comes to mind, it's just not true and it's reckless and it's dangerous. Okay, so um, the, I thought after he gave that interview that Rubio should have left the Republican Party. I think he should because he doesn't have – he's not in the Senate. And he's in the Senate, but he's not running for reelection. And starting uh, at the end of his term now, he is – he doesn't have a job. He's a guy who's in the private, citizen, uh, private uh, in, uh, uh, sector who gets to figure out what he wants to be when he grows up. I thought he should say, if this is what the Republican Party is, if the leader of our party, Reince Priebus, isn't going to denounce Ronald Trump, uh, Ronald Trump, uh, Donald Trump, isn't going to uh, say that he's going to find some way within the rules of the Republican Party to eject Donald Trump from the party or find some other way to penalize him for his behavior or to curtail his behavior, then I think he should have said – uh, both from a moral perspective and then also from a, a tactical perspective, he should have said, I'm not a Republican anymore. If you want to vote for me on Tuesday, Florida, you're voting for an independent, and we'll see how it goes. Now, he's going to get his clock cleaned in Florida either way, but it would have gotten him wall-to-wall coverage for the next three days, and it would have, uh, it would have laid a marker in the ground at a time when it's really important because once he says it after the fact, you know, once he says I'm not, I can't support him after the fact, it won't matter. 
But uh, that was that was my thought. Brandon, what did you uh, think of what you just heard and what I just said, or whatever you want to say? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I haven't been really a big Marco Rubio supporter, unfortunately, also, um, for what he says. Um, I think that – I think he just has his own agenda. Marco Rubio has his own agenda, and he's just trying to pull at strings, you know, and trying to, you know uh, – act like he's more than what he actually is, you know, although he doesn't have a chance, like you said, he's going to get his clock clean in Florida, um, that he's just trying to make a show maybe possibly for, you know, the next election or just to try to, you know, get on the bandwagon or something, but I'm not a... But what did you think about what he said just now about the fact that Trump is, you know, uh, you know, inciting violence and that it's going to create a situation where it's going to end in violence and, and end in a situation where people just kind of hate each other, even though they, you know, just because of their political opinions, they're going to hate each other. What what did you think about the point he was making, not just who was making it? Okay, I actually kind of agree with that because I do feel that Donald Trump, he's kind of like doing the, uh, you know, the uh, the apprentice kind of thing where he's, he feel, I kind of feel that he feels that the old Hollywood saying that, you know, any publicity is good publicity, where as long as he's getting getting talked about and as long as Donald Trump's name is out there, then that's a good thing for him. I definitely feel that Donald Trump is doing some of these tactics to try to get his name out, to try to get people talking about him, to try to get, you know, that publicity out there so that he doesn't get forgotten about and that so he can win, definitely win the Republican nomination and try to win the presidency. I do agree with that. Yeah. Well, Unfortunately. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I – um, it's it's one of those things where – I mean, he, he basically – was billed at the beginning of the campaign a year ago as an optimist as a ho- as the hopeful guy and he was and he was he Are talked about rubio fast. or trump I'm rubio sorry. sorry yes rubio was billed as the as the guy who could actually as a uh, as a uh, hispanic american as latin american you know as sure. a, as a cuban american he could uh bring in a huge new um, bite of the electorate, and because he was so young, he could bring in young people. And because mm-hmm. um, yeah, because he was a conservative, they, he um, uh, hold on one second here. Um, he and it just didn't connect until finally yeah. he starts digging in and fighting with Trump. Not even fighting with him. He just shows that he's a good, you know. 11th grade bully too and he can you know qu- you know talk about the guy getting water on his pants and the size of his hands and the size of his you know manhood and all this kind of stuff and the, and he got wall to wall coverage and it wrecked him he, he basically he wouldn't yeah. have won either way he was he was he was losing as a guy who wouldn't stand up to him he stood up to him he lost as a guy who stood up to him but i i feel like what he's saying right now with regard to this uh civil discourse thing and and regard to the the you know incitement of riot thing i think he 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 seems authentic he looks totally defeated and he seems authentic. Brandon from Elk Grove, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to move on to other callers at the moment. I appreciate you calling, dude. No problem. Have a great day. All right. Who am I talking to? Welcome to Vox Populi. Who's this? This is Carolyn Hennessy, Sean. How are you? Carolyn, you called in. <laughs> I did call in. I did call in. I took time away from my busy garage sale. And, and, oh. and because, because I think this is incredibly important. How are you, my friend? Good. We. I want to read your. I got a little uh, bio from our uh, from my friend Erica who tracked you down for me, and I want to read it for our listeners. Um, so Please do. You know, be, be more, okay. Uh, Emmy Award nominated actress Carolyn Hennessy dazzled 
as the uh, oh vicious <laughs> Rosalind Hine. Well, I don't think of you as vicious uh, until her gruesome demise <laughs> on Alan Ball's critically acclaimed HBO series True Blood. Too scary to watch that. Uh, Hennessy received her training at the esteemed American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, where I would have loved to go, uh, and the Royal Academy of Dramatic <laughs> Arts in London. Wow. Uh, her razor-sharp comedic timing was honed as a member of the Groundlings. Okay, now I'm just, like, totally intimidated. Uh, the, the Groundlings Center <laughs> Company and the ACME uh, Theater's main company. She's appeared in over 100 productions worldwide as an Emmy Award-nominated actress. When not on set, Hennessy is privileged to lend her time and talent to a number of causes, including caring for our wounded warriors, uh, animal rescue, and fitness for our kids, and apparently uh, garage sales. <laughs> garage sales, yes, yeah, uh, exactly. Carolyn, thanks for joining me. Okay, I went on a whole – you didn't – I don't think you heard me. Did you hear any of my little tirade at the beginning? I didn't hear any of the tirade at the beginning, but I did just hear you say, and I think you were talking about Rubio, how he, uh, you know, joked about uh, Trump's manhood and so on and so forth, back and forth, and uh, and basically lost whatever momentum he had. Is that am – I, am I correct? Is that what I heard? Yeah, you're, you're, that was the, – the part that I want – I have a thesis. I have a thesis for the episode, and the thesis mm-hmm. is that I I am asserting that – um, Republican, Republican frontrunner for the uh, for the the nominee for Republican nomination, Donald J. Trump, is intentionally. He, I I'm asserting that he is intentionally uh, creating um, violence in order to uh, advantage himself politically. To respond. Uh, I do not. I do not agree. I don't think he is intentionally creating it. I think he has, as as has been said. Uh, I think it's being created. Yes. Uh, is he doing it intentionally? I do not believe so. Um, it, it, he's tapped into, and this has been said again and again and again, he has tapped into such anger, such frustration, such I have had it up to here with politics, status quo politics in this in this country. And and right or wrong, um People are people are responding, you know, sort of as they will. I don't think he's he's actually fomenting it. I don't think he actually necessarily wants it. I I don't think he's going to shy away from it. This is a guy who said, "Listen, someone hits me, I'm going to hit him back." This is not a turn the other cheek kind of guy, but but the kind of individual that he is that truly truly responds to Donald Trump is somebody that uh, will also, you know, you know, hit back if threatened. I, I'm just, it is, it's disgusting to me, to be perfectly honest with you, any sort of violent protest, because, first of all, the people who are violent with each other and to one another, they're not going to change anybody's mind. Not only are they not going to change anyone's mind, they're, gonna, they're going to, I think, solidify, solidify, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, advocacy for the, for the other party. Um, so no violence anywhere simply is not going to cut it, especially in in an election cycle and during and on the campaign trail. The only place so that I people disagree, should I disagree be. With you. Your full okay. throated defense. Your your full throated defense of uh, of of peace, basically. Your 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 kind of you know talking about your full throated statement about how violence doesn't have a place in this isn't isn't borne out by the facts because the more violent stuff that's happening, the greater the turnout. So I think I, well, I don't that's want very, that. that's, that's very true. That's, that's very true. Um, idealistically speaking, violence should not have a place 
on an on, on an election campaign. It's that's 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 num that's number one. Okay, so now we that's that's the heading, but now we're seeing it disproved. Yes, you're absolutely right. But people are becoming now more entrenched. They're becoming entrenched for their for for their candidate, whomever it might be. Sanders supporters are becoming more entrenched for Bernie Sanders, seeing how the Donald Trump supporters uh, behave, and vice versa. But is he intentionally fomenting it? I don't think he is. Is he happy with it? That might be a different question. Is he, right, is so he let interested me, let me, in let it? Me ask you, so I take your point about how people get more entrenched as they feel defensive for their candidate under attack. As a, as a Hillary supporter, even though I try to look critically at of the different scandals and you know hold her accountable in my mind for things that I don't think she's done right, comments that she makes that don't stand up and everything else, I definitely feel you know, uh, more defensive of her, the stronger the attack. So I think that logic makes sense. But let mm -hmm. consider, react to this thought for me. He, one of the things that Trump really loves is that his rallies are more exciting and more fun than other candidates' rallies. And one of the things that he points to as being exciting is when there is a protester, uh, and you know, initially they were instructed by the uh, Trump campaign before he would come out that if there was a protester, they were to uh, not touch them, but just start yelling Trump, 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 or chanting USA, USA, and, and mm -hmm. wait for the security guys to get out of there. But that mm -hmm. had a, a, a titillating quality to it. And he would even say after you know, particularly extended episodes in, within a given speech where they, his, his remarks would be, you know, held up for 10 minutes or 15 minutes while groups mm -hmm. of people are mm -hmm. escorted out, that kind of thing. He, he would say, isn't this, isn't this great? Isn't this more exciting than the other, you know, way more exciting than a Hillary outing or a Kasich outing. And so that, so what, it's true. I wonder. It's absolutely true. That, it's a, go ahead. But does it have, it seems pretty clear to me that, that there is a a trajectory to that, like a trajectory to that, which you know means that would that would allow Sean, for the idea that what he's catering. Here's, even here's what he's doing. Here's what he's doing. He is catering, and I'm and 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 I don't mean this in a in a terribly negative way, but he is catering to the baser instincts. Now. In those and those basic, these are, this is these are the instincts that like scatological humor. They're the ones that like you know uh, truck rallies. And I'm not I'm, I'm not saying uh, uber redneck. No, I'm not. I'm just saying he's catering to excitement, and and the other candidates are. Are, are speaking in political rhetoric, and people just go, "I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough." Right or wrong, right or wrong, a Trump rally, Trump himself. The Trump campaign is about excitement. This is why, yes, you never know what's going to happen. This is, this is why so many people are registering as Republicans and coming to see him, well, and this is why he is surging ahead in the polls. You say right or wrong. It's like wrong. Not because, okay, well, I just want to play for you the first statement no, in, uh, no, in this conversation. No, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let, 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 let me finish. Okay, right or wrong, when I, when I talk about the baser instincts, I am talking about that that idea within so many people in this country that we have been screwed over by the government for so long and in so many ways. And here's, here's somebody coming in, somebody coming in who is 
speaking our language. He's speaking the language. He's telling us exactly, or and when I say us, I mean, you know, the general, I, I'm, I don't necessarily am not an advocate for Trump, <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm saying, I am saying that he's speaking the language of the common man who is so sick and tired of, of, of seeing jobs go to India, of, of not being able to, uh, you know, to, 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 to make a decent wage of, of, you know, I mean, just there, there are so many things. And we have been, we, the country has been screwed over by, by corrupt politicians in Washington for so long. And here comes somebody that is totally outside, is beholden to nobody. He's beholden to nobody. It used to, it used and, to be when a billionaire would run for office, everybody would scream, you can't buy my vote. And now it's like, oh, it's a, it's a plus. He wants credit for the fact that he's not beholden to anybody because he's spending his own money. But, but okay, so. But, well, isn't, 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 isn't that better? Is it, let me ask you a question. Isn't that better than having him beholden to certain special interests that might not jive, that might jive with certain, uh, that might jive with a select, uh, select no, group of the population? I don't think so. But, I don't think so because uh, what he says is I, you know, I'm only uh, responsible to you, the people. Well, how are the people going to hold him accountable if he decides he's really only a, a, responsible to himself? I agree. I mean, I agree. So I agree. Right, well, listen, I, listen you, uh, you know, again, this isn't this isn't a guy who's, who's, who's who has stated his his policies in 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 any great sort of he, he hasn't he hasn't elocuted them in any. He's, there's no formula for his policies. We don't know where he stands on so many issues, and that is it. That's it. That's incredibly troubling. But I, but I'm just saying that, I that in terms, I, I think everybody would love to hear what his policies are, considering that it, with the numbers are hold up, he will probably be the Republican front. He, he is he's the Republican front runner right now, and he will probably be the Republican nominee. And again. I don't say I'm supporting him, and I don't say I am. But I'm just saying that if you look at what is happening and why it's happening now, protesters, violence, I think there's only one way that people should be allowed to express their, I mean, you know, I mean, really, and that's, and that's, that's in the voting booth. Yes, you can stand outside, but, but in terms of violence, no. No, there should never be violence on, on, on the campaign trail. There shouldn't be violence anywhere except, you know, to, to really – it, well, if it's really necessary, and on the campaign trail, it's not. It's just not. Well, with, with violence, if if you uh, is is um, what do they say? War is politics by another name. By you know, it's like if if you cannot have your feelings redressed. I mean, at, at, the, he and Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders, are both calling for a political revolution. But I actually think, and and Bernie Sanders had to he was just calling for a revolution against the system and then at a certain point a few months into it he started adding the word political revolution like the reagan revolution or whatever just discursively mm -hmm. trying to be a little bit clear well, but yes, people were starting yes, to pick except, at him but but now you've got trump who's who's agitating he's agitating i think if he wanted i, I think he's only a few months away from being able to foment some kind of actual violence in service of the re kinds of re kind of revolution that he's talking about. I, I don't. I, I, don't I, I honestly, I don't think you're ever going to see it. I don't think you're ever going to see it. I think. I think you know, as as blustery and as arrogant and as having no policies and not being able to state clearly his policies as he is. I don't think he is that stupid. And I don't think. I see. I, I really don't think. I, I don't think he is. I don't think he's that. Stupid. Well, from your your and, thoughtful lips to his um. To, to Donald Trump's persuasive ears, 
<laughs> you know, uh, I know <laughs> if anyone can job, be gonna... okay, okay. Um, Carolyn Hennessy, ladies and gentlemen, if there was, if I had one of those things at the radio show where they like do the applause things, everybody would be doing applause for you. Um, you're thoughtful, well, you're considerate, just, you're temperate. Really think about. Yeah. Listen, hey, we, we we all have to be. We all have to be. Okay. Thank yeah, you, my thank friend. You. Good talking to you. Bye for now. Bye bye. Hello, hello. Who do I have on the phone now? Hello, hello. Hi. Yes, hi. This is Tiffany. Tiffany, how are you doing? Thank you for calling in. I have a little blurb I have to read about you for the audience. Can I you give me a moment to do that? Sure, absolutely. All right, I'll try and do it in my best, like, announcer guy voice. Um, <laughs> Tiffany Graves is an attorney, a mom, and an avid runner. Okay, my favorite thing about that, I, in the, I like mom, avid runner, and attorney in that order. But okay, uh, when she's not practicing <laughs> or spending time with her family, when she's not practicing law or spending <laughs> – I have to practice spending time with my family, so you actually do spend time with me. When not pra- practicing law or spending time with her family, she's busy supporting presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders. Woohoo! I'm a Hillary guy, but I love Bernie Sanders. Uh, her assistance is in grassroots political movement in her home state. Uh, she helped propel uh, Senator Sanders to a substantial win in Oklahoma. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Uh, why don't I go ahead and play uh, Bernie uh, Senator Sanders? I like calling him Bernie, but then it sounds like you're being disrespectful. Uh, let me play <laughs> Senator Sanders' response to the Trump violence, since that's what we're uh, the Trump rally, uh, yeah, stuff that's going on. Uh, here you go. Sure. What this campaign is about is bringing our people together. Not letting Donald Trump or anybody else divide us up. No, we are not going to hate Mexicans. We're not going to hate Muslims. We're not going to insult women. We're not going to insult veterans. We're not going to insult African Americans. We are going to bring our people together to make sure. Okay. All right, well. Shouldn't it go without saying? Anyhow, he also had um, – Tiffany, he also responded to Donald Trump's comments the day after the um, the cancellation of a Trump event in Chicago uh, where Trump started blaming um, the agitators, both MoveOn.org and others, um, at least a piece of it, on some sort of organized effort on behalf of the Sanders campaign because people had mm-hmm. official-looking signs that they were holding up and everything else, to which – Senator Sanders replied, I was kind of shocked. He replied in, and I think he's going on now and said it uh, kind of in news bites as well, that Trump is a pathological liar, that day in and day out he shows the American uh, people what a liar he is. And I, I was a little shocked that he would use that, uh, that language about him. But tell me, tell me your thoughts about the Trump, the, the environment sw- swelling around you know, Trump's violence and everything, and then Senator Sanders and anybody else's response, or whatever your, whatever your thoughts are. Well, you know, in regard to his Senator Sanders' use of the word liar, I think that that is what all of the other candidates should be doing right now. It's time 
for all of these candidates to stand up against the hate and the vitriol that this man is spewing from the podium at his rallies. You know, I kind of have to disagree a little. Uh, Carolyn Hennessy said, not that I want to disagree with an Emmy-nominated actress <laughs> of such stature, but when she says that he isn't doing it intentionally, I can't necessarily agree with that. And and I have been listening to your to your show um, this afternoon, and you played back several of his comments, you know, that he's made at his rallies, telling people that he will pay for legal fees of people, of the man that sucker punched um, the other gentleman, you know, telling people to knock the crap out of protesters, so much fun, I love it, things like that. Those are intentional comments that he is using just to feed this message of hate. And I think it's time that everyone else stands up and says, no, we're not going to take it. You know, I understand that Trump speaks to a certain group of people. And a lot of the Trump supporters that I know in my life, they like him because, like Carolyn said, they're sick of being screwed over by the government. They, he's kind of speaking their language in a sense, you know, tired of jobs going overseas. You know, he, he has – well, kind of a similar message to Senator Sanders in that regard. But the difference is there is an he awful is capitalizing. Right, right. I mean, I think kind of the, the core basic message of it is, is similar. But the difference well, the, is – The system is, is that, broken, and you, you can't get anybody sure. from the system to fix it. Yeah, and it's new sure. people. It's a lot of young people. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be really interesting you know, to have a billionaire going against a, a – a democratic socialist would be boy would that be a clear choice for people <laughs> um, well i, I think I, I think the problem is that he has i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no go ahead you think the problem is no i was going to say i think the problem is is that trump is capitalizing on this fear that people have and this, this just this hateful disgusting message and turning it into violent acts that are increasing in nature. I mean, you see, there's a protest, a somewhat violent protest at almost every one of his rallies now. We hear about, you know, people getting pulled out and, you know, someone getting punched. And then, of course, you know, the incident in Chicago. It's it's just, it's really disheartening that this is our current political environment right now. This is our Republican further. I'll go one further. I don't think he's just playing on people's fears and their disappointments and their anger. I actually think that there's a, a gladiatorial bloodlust that resides in certain people where it's actually mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, the potential for danger is, um, mm-hmm. is an accelerant. And so people, people come there wanting to be um, wanting to stand up for what's right. So they're primed and ready for, a protester, and they may not want to be violent right at the outset, but boy, they've been stoked just to the breaking point. So that mm-hmm. should, uh, you know, and sometimes it's a Black Lives Matter group. I've seen several, several of them, or or whoever whoever it might be. That boy, it can it can it can accelerate, it can it can uh, degenerate pretty quickly into into violence. I mean, my my whole thesis at the beginning of the show was that. Um, there's there's zero question that he's uh, doing this intentionally. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. convinced that he's doing it intentionally. And not only I think the media, the, the media, it's a great phrase, but I think Jake Tapper, <laughs> Anderson Cooper, I think um, uh, the um, 
uh, Mike Fair, uh, Sean Hannity, like you can go, you know, even, even uh, you know, Rachel Maddow, all of them, all the people who are the people that I listen to day in and day out, like I can't get 15, if I'm not hearing one of them talking, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on life somehow, but because like, I love this, I'm a little chunky. But every single one of them is honoring this sort of journalistic code, which says you ask a question, you can even ask a leading question, but try not to ask a question that's so leading that they're, they're not going to come back on your show when you're going to want the ratings for it. And without taking a position, without really asserting themselves to the candidate, and I think that they are, it's, a, it's a murky line between – um, you know, do, doing your duty as a journalist and perpetuating and enabling the kind of behavior. Like, at what point do the leaders, do the, the leaders of the networks, do the leaders of, say, ranks previous, the Republican Party, at what point do the leaders say, this is actually too much? This is, it is actually too much. It's not, it's not too much. We're not just going to call for something. It's like, now, uh, is it the attorney general has to come in and slap a lawsuit? You know, it's, is it that police, that he gets arrested, like arrested for inciting violence? Is it because he's the language that Trump uses is so um, it was really careful for a while. But now he's thrown kind of caution to the wind. And mm-hmm. I, I find myself thinking he may just end up in legal hot water for hate speech or or uh, I mean, I looked up some of those laws today, and they, 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 the Supreme Court really, really doesn't want to infringe on anybody's right to speak. <laughs> you have to, like, if someone is killed at the rally, then you could talk about murder. But if you incite somebody to do something like the tomato thing, anyhow, so what, why I'm, there's, there's a stack of people, here and I'm sure you have to go, but why don't you give me a thought uh, on whatever you want? What do you speak, to, speak into it however you want. Well, you know, you mentioned the media, and I, I don't think the media – I mean, let's face it, it's a good story. Trump is a great headline. He's – you know, something is always happening at his rally. So I, I don't think – and I think Rachel Maddow, and, you know, I think it was yesterday maybe she did a segment where she really spoke out against him, you know, saying he he has intentionally done um, – he has intentionally caused these these acts. Um, but did I she just do that after that the, the she, she did that during the Chicago thing, and she felt like I she was ahead of her. Was, yes. Yeah, yeah, she was a little nervous what she was saying. She was, she, I'm basically saying, you know, on my little podcast, my little radio cast here, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna equivocate. She was sort of making this stand, but then she knew she might be in, uh, what do they call it, um, commentary waters as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know. What she does, but but anyhow, so so where so where do you you come down on the side of clearly like Trump is is manufacturing the violence? Is that a fair oh, statement? Absolutely, With, yeah, without okay. a doubt. I mean, you, you yourself mentioned that you know even at the beginning his comments were not. I mean, they were bad, <laughs> but they have progressed as the political season has gone on. They've gotten worse and worse and, and just more hateful, more inciting as as this has continued. It seems like the more violence there is at his rally, the more he perpetuates and encourages it. And I, I don't know what the breaking point is. You know, I, I can't believe that I'm agreeing with anything that Marco Rubio said, but I do like that he, you know, spoke out against it and, you know, mentioned there are people out there who aren't balanced, who are kind of off their rocker and they're going to take it too far. Uh, so I, I think it's really important that all of our candidates, everyone, come and speak out against it. But I, I just don't know if, if that's going to happen in, in the political environment that we're in right now. Something, something's got to, you know, something's got to give. 
Something's got to give. Somebody I agree. Somewhere. It's just, I agree. It's the pressure cooker of it, whether it's Trump backing off a little bit. You know, Tuesday, if he – I actually think he might – there might be a little bit of a backlash against him at the moment. But if he follows the trends and he blows everybody out on Tuesday – then he may he may show up as Mr. Magnanimous on uh, on Wednesday, and, and maybe that'll be maybe that'll be the the thing that gives as he can afford not to do it anymore because he's you know mm-hmm. like God help him when he gets in with uh, Hillary or Bernie you know God help God help us in October <laughs> what's he going to come up with anyhow Tiffany Graves thank you so much for calling in uh, good luck to you and Bernie uh, and uh, and we'll we'll see you on the trail and maybe we'll get you to call in at some point for another episode all right thanks so much Sean thanks so much. All righty. So we have somebody who has been waiting. Uh, hold on. Let's see here. For a good long time. Uh, who, hello. Who's this? Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, hi. Th- this is Tina from yeah, Washington. Got... Tina from Washington? Yes. All right. Go. What are you thinking? Uh, he is inciting it, but yet at the same time, you can't necessarily put all he is inciting it, but I think we should also hold the American re- American people responsible on how we act upon it. Yeah, anybody anybody who walks into a room and throws a punch is, is responsible for their own actions. I mean, there's there's no and and by the way, they will be responsible. For, they will be held liable for their own actions. It's it's uh, we've reached this new wor- world where. Uh, people are willing to go into a, essentially a cage match. I mean, they're, it's, they're, everybody's got video cameras with their phones. They, the news you know, is, is you know, videotaping everything. So no matter what happens, they, people know they're being filmed when they do it. So this idea that Trump is saying, you know, I'll pay for your legal bills, you know, he, th- that is uh, – you know, I, remember, I remember when I was in high school, there were the kind of girls, right, that a guy would go out with. And the girls would be like, pick a fight with the biggest kid in the school and be like, oh, aren't you going to stick up for me? You know, and it's like, gosh, you know, I really do want to stick up for you. But do you have to pick a fight with the biggest kid? Like, that doesn't seem very nice. And I feel like Trump is picking a fight with people and letting other people kind of do his battles just to uh, gain political favor. All right. So there is one of the things I haven't brought up until now in this episode is he is saying and and other supporters of him are saying that there is a – Long history of left-wing uh, behavior, left-wing extremism, left-wing activism, where if people feel on the left like they're not going to win the day, they will protest you know, and, and take those protests into a, a violent realm if they need to to provoke violence and everything else. What's your thought about how – whether or not that's – it's clearly happening. It's clearly happening. The question is like to what degree and, and how much is – is Trump just like using that to his advantage to kind of keep pushing the chains on the field? What's your thought about that idea? Uh, I actually, I actually kind of agree with him, but yet at the same time too, the right wingers are going to actually do the same thing. I just think as an American people, we should be smarter in the consequences. And if things don't go your way, just make a smarter plan and try to work with them or be the bigger person in that matter. I mean, we have no really, I feel like, I feel like because we have internet and because there's, you know, 24-hour news cycles and and everybody is really kind of media culture, pop culture literate, it seems like it would be impossible for large groups of people to be swayed into 
acting out in uh, in a violent way. But as far and as I, I'm concerned, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I totally agree. There's no excuse on how we can be informed. And um, as your last caller, I am a mom myself, and it actually, with this going on, I'm actually feeling somewhat afraid uh, for my child, who is seven right now, and he has a bunch of questions. He actually uh, witnessed a, a Black Lives Matter protest, and I kind of had to explain to him what was going on, since he is also biracial, and that's not a very comforting thing to explain to a child. I have three myself, and uh, they normally ha- they hate it when I watch the news, and I, that's all I do is watch the news. So I have to, I have to. It's a it's a weird thing to navigate, but you know they'll come in and they'll see Trump and say like, why is it? Who's going to beat him? Like, does it? Ha- is that? They don't, I don't like the way that guy sounds. I don't like what he's doing. But then they don't. It's, the second there's fear involved, they shut down. Like they just can't. They can't work with it. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us parents to find a safe space to work through it with our kids in the best way we see fit. Um, you know, my wife said she'd be scared to go to a, a, a rally like that now, and I was shocked because she never – that's not like her to feel that way. Um, but I think – you know, I, I think the media can build stuff up, but at the moment he's – I mean engendering fear in people really – and then having like the greater the fear, the higher the poll numbers and the more votes one gets, that – that should be a really, really big red flag. Like, I can't imagine why someone would in, – in, um, in the United States of America, I can see why, you know, if you're in a banana republic or if you're in some sort of a corrupt African, you know, kind of government or something like that, it, that if yes. they'll do whatever they have to do to gain power. But, boy, I really would love to be the president of the United States, but I wouldn't want to do it if it meant I had to make more people afraid. You know, yeah, it's one thing if you make – Go ahead. Oh no, and I can under I can completely understand. And it's what makes it so sad about um, I think the old saying goes is you can't judge a book by its cover. Um, by this inciting of the brash talk, the brash as a word I'm trying to use loosely because I can't use colorful language. Um, <laughs> the brash talk that he's using, it is in in sense and effect you are judging you're he's basically judging by people by a book by its cover and everybody's story is different and i think when it comes to politics i think that is something that is missing people um they get such a lofty high position that they forget that everybody's story as this country is different from anybody else's tina thank you so much for calling in i appreciate your sharing all right thank you so much I think maybe he's it's not just judging people by their covers. I think it's actually like putting the books on a burning pyre. This is what I think is really happening. All right. I'm going to go to – there's been a couple of people waiting for a long time. Hi there. Who's this and where are you calling from? Oh, I know you've been waiting for a while. It's, I can't hear you very well. Can you hear me? All right, we don't have a lot of callers in the queue, so hang up and call right back, and I'll be able. To, I know your area code, so I'll see you. Give a call back. I just can't hear you. All right, I've got another caller here. Hello, hello. Who are you, and where are you calling from? Hello, hello. <laughs> when, I, when people wait for a long time on the phone, I think maybe they fall asleep with the phone on there. Hello, can you hear me? You're on Vox Populi. Hello. Oh. Hey, you're there. Hey, what's up? Uh, nothing much. Who is this and where are you calling from? 
Hey, I'm uh, I'm Avery. I'm a 16-year-old from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So you're actually talking to someone who sadly will not be voting, but I'm still very interested in all of it. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I, I've done two movies in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, so actually. I know uh, Birmingham- yes, you, you. I know a lot of people actually who worked with you on the uh, Woodlawn film, and it was a uh, it was based on a good friend of mine's grandfather, which is really interesting too. Well, I'm glad to be on the phone with you. Listen, 16, yeah, I think like in one of the states, the Bernie Sanders uh, folks sued recently to get 17-year-olds to be able to vote, and uh, they won their lawsuit. But 16 maybe. But you know what? If you inform yourself and then you talk to your parents or you talk to some other folks and they vote based on your thing, you can actually have a bigger impact than just your own single vote. So what – what do you think about what we've been talking about? I saw you're waiting for a while. What, have you developed thoughts, or, or uh, what, what do you think well, about what we're talking about? Well, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm not a Bernie supporter. I'm actually a conservative, but I'm glad we can have open discussions, you know, without violence breaking out like other people can't. Um, anyway, I'm actually – I like Cruz a lot, and then Rubio is probably my second choice. But uh, regarding the uh, Trump rallies and stuff like that, I think it all boils down to just self-control. And uh, – I really uh you might disagree with me on this, but I think it all boils down to the uh the left pandering people and I don't think it's all leftists because I, I obviously I'm talking to you and I respect you a lot and a lot of other people's opinions. But I do think it, it is a result of the the sort of extreme leftist fascist movement against free speech where uh if you feel offended you have the right to, you know, go out and and uh, exert violence or force on people just simply because you disagree with them or you you feel hurt or you it's it's so based on feeling rather than rationale and actually as a conservative and a and a non-Trump supporter uh I can I can acknowledge that uh Trump supporters are very guilty of this as well you know yeah. I feel like on both on both sides they have to learn to exercise well obviously we're a free speech democracy and we should be be able to have Discussions about policy, which is, I think, something tr- Trump lacks enormously, discussions about policy, instead of erupting into, uh, you know, fits of violence or rage simply because your your feelings are hurt. Or, uh, you know, and as a 16-year-old, I deal with this a lot, especially in the public school system, because uh, there's a lot of sort of pressure to voice your opinion so long as it doesn't hurt people's feelings, and as soon as it does, it's it's all you know up in flames. The whole discussion goes up in flames rather than being based on rationale. Yeah, the word uh, the word one of the things that jumped out at me with what you were saying was the word fascist. I think um, I think we have to be careful with that word. Words like communist, which is what uh, Donald Trump has been calling Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is not a comp. I mean, I'm a Hillary person, but he's not not a communist. He's a democratic socialist. Um, mm-hmm. But those those words, they, they have this sound, you know, the sound, like it almost doesn't matter what their meaning is anymore. If you say fascist, it just it just means that person must be evil. You know, they must be they must be Hitler or Mussolini or something like that. So I think you have to be really careful and specific with how you yeah. use that particular word. But, um, you know, I, but I think the same could be. Oh, well, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I think the go. same could be said for for a racist. And bigot as well, though, because that's that's. I know a lot of people on the right like to use the word communist or fascist when describing, 
you know, certain candidates. And then I know a lot of people on the left like to use bigot and racist or homophobe. And I think in the right place. I found myself looking up all those words. I mean, I'm I'm 45 years old with a degree with a a, a history and English degree with honors from UCLA. And I find myself looking up those words. Like, what does bigot actually mean? Like, what's the specific, you know, definition of those words? I I tell you what, you, you said personal responsibility. And I think that applies. Yeah. I think that was the best. The best you started off like that, and I think it was the best thing you said. Everybody, Donald Trump, Donald Trump supporters, people who want to protest. You know, civil disobedience is is a, a long tradition in this country. But I, I think there needs to be uh, a, like a, a summit with the with the major parties, and there should be a kind of not a legal understanding, but a, a kind of understanding of decorum. You know, it's, it's yes. it may not. You think if you're a family and you live on a farm and you drive into the city for three hours because you want to hear a candidate speak and it totally gets interrupted or canceled because of protesters, well, those protesters accomplish something, but you know you, you've you've inhibited the person who speak whose who's rally it is from speaking. So, but but the issue is, and I'm going to jump off because I got a bunch of other callers holding now. Um, but uh, but Avery, the, the issue is Donald Trump is. This is my opinion. Actually, I don't even think it's opinion, but I'll say it's my opinion just since we're being polite. Um, he's intentionally creating violence. He's he's doing it on purpose. Uh, he's doing it on purpose, and he knows how, exactly what how he's so doing. Though? I mean, um, I agree with well, that, that he's a here. Let me pl- I'll play something for you. Here, listen to this. Okay. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. If you yeah, see yeah. somebody okay. getting ready to throw a tomato knock the crap out of him, right? And then he yes. says, and don't worry, I'll pay your legal bills. So he's saying, I'm going to remove any financial impediment to your doing violence so that you'll do the violence. And he's yeah. ginning people up. He's intentionally, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, it, so you can just watch it and try and evaluate for yourself. I think that Trump is very interesting. When he actually talks about mm-hmm. his ideas, when he when he when he's appealing to people, I watched the big Alabama speech he gave with the stadium full of people. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of what he says that I understand, and I would defend, and I do defend his right to speak. But I spent a lot of time on the flight out here to Toronto today, looking up the 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 legal statutes for inciting violence and for what the Supreme Court has decided with regard to hate speech. And I didn't get the smoking gun about, you know, I think the attorney general should come out yeah. and, and be and be heard on the matter so that uh, I think for Trump's own sake, somebody ought to tackle him because I think he's actually yeah. himself in trouble. But, um, well, but maybe I have one, not I have one question regarding the reprimands for do you think the same goes for people like Hillary and Obama supporting Black Lives Matter? Because, as you know, Black Lives Matter has been responsible for many, many, many uh, accounts of destruction of public property. There are even instances of violence, you know, throwing rocks at cops. So do you think the same should go for candidates like Hillary and for President Obama in regards to, you know, President Obama said, you know, Black Lives Matter has made some great points. Do you think the same goes for them in regards to Black Lives Matter and what they have done to destroy public property? All right. So really good point. When the Black Lives Matter movement became um, uh, sort of moved beyond just the uh, the St. Louis, the, the um, uh, Ferguson moment, 
uh, move beyond. I mean, there's been such a rash of, of, uh, of experiences that people have. But when it started to take on its own identity, and, and uh, I mean, Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, you know, he, was, he was basically had the microphone, his micro, he was pushed away from his microphone when he was doing a speech out in, I think it was Oakland or San Francisco or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. and two African-American women, basically, they just, they just took over his rally. And uh, and he he kind of there wasn't I don't know if they broke the law he didn't seem to think so but I know that that Hillary and Bernie and frankly I don't know from the Republican side what the comments are about Black Lives Matter so I can't speak intelligently to that but I do mm-hmm. know that Bernie and Hillary were absolutely specific about how they shouldn't um, do violence but they also respect the the history of civil disobedience in the country. So what they've tried to do is basically say, we hear your issues. We want to try and work with you. And let's see if we can find uh, a political avenue for what is the civil disobedience and the disruption that you're doing. I think they exist in a very tenuous environment. I think they definitely have to make sure that they don't condone any violence that the, that the Black Lives Matter movement might engage in. And what you realize with the Black Lives Matter thing is there are people who are emerging as the spokespeople for the movement who don't uh, promote violence. There are others who are strong in the movement who are clearly more willing to uh, get rough if they need to get the, you know if they need to to get their message heard. And then there's a whole range of people in the movement who are looking for leadership and guidance. So I think that to the ex- but the big difference between uh, the secretary, the senator, and Donald Trump is they are trying to harness it and create a political way forward, whereas Trump is trying to exacerbate the vi- he's tr- he's trying to create violence. He's creating it. You know, the people come in there and they they may not want to create violence, but he invites them to do it <laughs> instead of just yeah. saying. Please be quiet when there are protesters and wait for the police to do it. Or please, you know, go ahead and chant USA, USA, or chant Trump, 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 but please do not move. He, he gins it up. He says, you know, it used to be people like that would be taken out on a stretcher. Well, that's, that's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, not-so-subtle code for them to put somebody in a stretcher. He then says, don't worry, I'll cover your legal bills. The guy is well, he's and, and doing – it all. It- yeah, and I think it all plays into his hand even more because obviously his entire – I think he and uh, Sanders are very similar in the sense that their entire uh, platform is sort of based on the people's anger, the, the anger of the people. Yeah, And so right. I think I – think, And I the think media. Trump is very and the media. And the media, true. And I think Trump is very calculating when he says these things because it plays to the sort of big guy, rough man sort of yep. thing that's, that's exactly the, right. the American Avery. people – Avery, I just want to tell you that I think you're you sound like a lot older than sixteen. You're very uh you're very articulate, you're very knowledgeable, your ideas are good. I'm sure you'll be calling thank you, into the show you. in the future and convincing me uh to think about things differently and I'm I'm sure that I will. So thank you very much for your call and we'll see you in Birmingham at some point soon. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, who do I have? This uh hello there, you've been holding for a while. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hello, hello. I'm picking up the phone. Hello. Hey there. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, My name's Jenny, and I'm calling from Ohio. Where in Ohio? (laughs) From Dayton, Ohio. 
Ah, Dayton. I like Dayton. What do you think? Well, I went to a rally yesterday. Who's? I went to. Uh, it was a Trump rally. The Trump rally in Dayton yesterday. Was it the one in the air hangar or the one yes. right after that? Yeah, it was the one in the air hangar. That looks. That looked like it was relatively peaceful. It was very peaceful, and I think that you might be. I I didn't sense that he was inciting any kind of protest or any kind of anger or I just I didn't feel the way that you've been talking. Well, not at that particular one. He was he was fresh off of uh, his decision to cancel the Chicago event the night before, and he was in what was a relatively closed environment where it was clear that 99.9% of the people agreed with him. So he, he didn't need, he didn't need to do it then. But have you have you heard some of his other rhetoric from the other um rallies? Yeah, actually, if I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there's a website that you might find interesting and it's called Right Side Broadcasting. Right side's two words. And if you go to the website, you can go watch every single rally uh full length. So from beginning to end, and it's I think that you might find it interesting. I absolutely have looked to do that because it always makes me mad when one of the news shows is watching a rally and then they cut away right at the uh, you know at the yeah. the moment that you want to hear what it is. So right side rally is that what it's called? No, right side broadcasting. Broadcasting. Okay, good. I wrote and that you down. can watch the Dayton rally from yesterday. You can watch the rally from uh, Missouri last night. Well, they carried they carried the Dayton one wall to wall. I watched that thing from the beginning to the end. I saw every okay. second of that one. So yeah. I and that's the one where the guy came up uh, from behind him and the Secret Service jumped on stage and he did and, and uh, yeah he did. And after uh, that happened, there was a internet video that went around. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but it's the guy that actually attacked him is supposedly acquainted with ISIS. And um, nobody's been talking about that, but there's a, a video that's well, going Trump, around that Trump shows was, that. Uh, Trump talked about it on every show. Trump, Trump said that, but there's been absolutely no follow-up from anybody on that. It's just I know. Just said, I, he, I don't understand said, I, that. I don't understand that. He, he, the guy was a student. At, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, let me help you out. It's in Trump's interest for a guy like that who uh, who approached him to assault him to be affiliated with any kind of organization that he uh, might point out, whether it's Bernie Sanders or uh, MoveOn.org. But if the guy was affiliated with ISIS, that's the jackpot for Trump because he could show in that moment how he stood up to them. He, I, he, so go ahead. Go ahead and say he's a student from where? Yeah, he's a student from Wright State, this guy that attacked Trump. And on the video, you can see I attend Wright State, or I did attend Wright State, so I recognize the school and the guy. It shows him walking on the American flag, and it's all done in a language that I don't know what it is. It's some Middle Eastern language, but it's very interesting, and nobody's talking about it. I'm not quite sure why. Farsi, that's my first guess. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> thank God he wasn't – that the Secret Service is as good as they are, and they intercepted him, and thank God – Donald Trump wasn't in any way injured, uh, yeah. you know. The, the um, and and it was very impressive how quickly he he shrugged it off, and then he was actually the most vehement, and he was the most kind of impassioned in that whole speech in Dayton right afterwards. Um, he was, but, and but I, I, I have to tell you, uh, just the general feeling when I left, everybody was so motivated, and it really, except for four or five protesters, it was fun. It was inspiring, and just to dream about the country the way he describes it could be, 
it's very inspiring. And I know you don't like him, and I know a lot of people don't like him, and I would no, never no, put no. a Trump I, I, I would never I'm put a, a Trump bumper student. sticker on my car or put a sign in my yard because you never know what the aftermath is going to be. But he can get you excited and give you a vision, and it's very inspiring. Well, I've he's been creating that positive reaction, and you know, people people want somebody strong. His idea about how he would negotiate uh, uh, trade deals from a position of strength and try and put competence into the leadership, and like his whole he, I can see the appeal, and he's been in fact appe- appealing. The problem is that it's the 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 gateway drug drug of shock politics where he says stuff like at the beginning of his first announcement where he says, you know, Mexicans are bring, not bringing their best. They're bringing over uh, drug dealers yeah. and rapists, and some I figure are good. When he goes on to talk about, you know, Kelly. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, the, the Fox, uh, Kelly, Megan Kelly, about mm-hmm. how, you know, she's bleeding out of her wherever. Well, I'm in her ears, you know, or whatever. He, there's, and it gets, he, he gets wall-to-wall coverage as he, every time he says it, but people are becoming kind of, kind of, you know, thick-skinned about it. They're used to his nonsense. He can't even, you know, he, he talks about his genitalia in the in the, a debate setting, and, like, and, and it barely gets the coverage. So now it's got to get, you know, and he says, yeah. you know, he, he said for a long time, you know, Bernie got those Black Lives Matter uh, protesters, you know, they, they ripped the microphone out of his hand. So now he's created this setup where if anybody tries to rip the microphone out of his hand, he's got to do something big. He's got to do something better. So the the fact is that he is I, – I don't know why. Um, no, I do know why. It probably – it wouldn't be as certain, but the fact that he can create, can engender that level of positivity in you and in people like you and p- across the country, that should be enough. He yeah. shouldn't have to go the extra step of creating. But I want to play something for you for a second. Just listen to this for a second. Okay. This is now multiple rallies where people are assaulted and beat up, where a guy gets sucker punched. Wait, that was uh, that was. Thing. I know you've heard, but I want the I want the audience to hear it for a second. Um, where's the compilation? Okay, here it comes. For some reason, I can't bounce around in the quote. If you see on. somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay. Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. That's true. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. In the good old days, they'd rip him out of that seat so fast. But today, everybody's politically correct. Our country's going to hell with being politically correct. Going to hell. Uh, Get him out of here, please. Get him out. Get him out. Are you from Mexico? Uh, Are you from Mexico? Huh? Are you from Mexico? Get out of here. Get out. All right, Jenny. Yeah. Inspiring? Uh, Yeah, you want me to comment on that? You know, here Dennis Miller, who the comedian Dennis Miller, made the best description of Trump. He said Trump is a blue-collar billionaire, and he just says what he thinks. He doesn't he doesn't plan what he says. I think sometimes he might even regret what he says. But I don't agree with what he says, and I would never nominate him for the pastor well, of my church. About- 
<laughs> but what we're talking about is a specific thing, a yeah. guy using strong language to provoke people into into you know defending him. If you even want to, that's, I'll give a generous reading. Provoke people into defending him. Yeah. Which, right? Is that okay? Well, it, I can see why you think that, but I think that there's so many people that feel now. I would never word it that way, but I know the people that feel exactly the way he is speaking, and they, it just resonates with them. I mean, he's just saying exactly it does, how but they... it doesn't make it right. <laughs> I know. Right. You're right. You're right. People have, uh, we all have, a, you know, a range of emotions that are inside of us. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can be stirred to anger. I can make comments that are really, I wouldn't want anybody to know that I'd make them, They're, that it really don't reflect well on myself or other people. You know, yeah. the difference is that he, there's no impediment to his... Uh, you know, to, to him, the, the distance between his brain, you know, watching the news feeds and then step on the plane, stepping off the plane and saying what he's thinking, you know, that kind of free association can be fantastic. It's like spoken word poetry. I have no yeah. problem with it theoretically. But if what's happening is a continual um, raising of, 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 in, of intentionally violent rhetoric, so that yeah. now, you know, it's going to happen. It's I want to do the show today because I want to be on record. I want to be yeah. on record to say I know it's okay. going to happen. He's saying it's going to happen, and somebody should do something. But anyhow, uh, your your I appreciate your your viewpoint. I, I I don't begrudge anybody going to his rallies, being inspired by him. I don't begrudge them voting for him. Well, I tell you, I tell you, I'm you very. I'm very concerned because I'm afraid if Trump wins, it's going to be even worse. I mean, I'm just I'm watching this every day with fear and trembling that, oh, my goodness, even though I support him, if he wins, it's going to be absolutely horrible. So I'm thankful that you're doing I'm I'm very happy that you are doing these civil discourse uh, conversations so people can come and vent and ask questions and learn. And this is a wonderful thing you're doing. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate you giving me that website. I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure I'll be living on that website. It's like C-SPAN without even the commercials on C-SPAN. But, but <laughs> just just so you know, um, oh, I had a good thought. Did it just go away? Oh, it was gone. It was oh, such I'm a good so one sorry. too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Thank you so much for your call. And oh, what I was gonna say was, you know, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton have this wonderful, you know rivalry going it's it's coming down to a head bernie's putting on a great fight but people have come up to me and said i don't know whether i should i you know my head thinks i should vote for hillary but my heart wants to go for bernie so for a long time i tried to find a way to reconcile the two but now i'm just saying to my friends go with your head just go with it just, just forget your heart the heart will catch up just go with your head so what i would say is if you're afraid that your enjoyment level and your inspiration is going to lead you down a road that might not, you know, that, that might end up being ultimately, uh, you know, dangerous for other people. You know, that's what uh, we voters have to use intuition because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. I would say follow your good judgment and your intuition and whatever you do, just know that I respect your uh, I respect how thoughtful you are, and I appreciate you calling in, and, and I hope you uh, – and I know whatever your vote is, it's going to be a good vote. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Oh, man. Okay, so I just I just hung up on somebody who had been waiting for a really long time and then called back and was waiting. There's nobody else in the queue, so if you call back, you get straight on the air. Um, I would love to be able to go to um, – I'm going to go to a quick moment of music. 
waiting for that call to come in. And uh, we can all reply. Actually, you know what I'm going to play? I'm going to play Clinton's response. Oh, there you go. <gasps> so relieved. All right, you've waited for an eternity. Who are you and where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Naj in Atlanta. How you doing? Naj in Atlanta. I'm doing great, and I'm eager to hear what you have to say. What do you got? Well, first of all, the, the idea that uh, the young student who tried to rush the stage on Trump and they threw out these ISIS rumors, that's already been debunked. Uh, if you go to Snopes.com, they already have the story. It's all over on social media. Uh, they're now calling Donald and his crew uh, and, and his campaign, I guess, kind of paranoid and trying to gin up uh, support for themselves by making things more dramatic. So, yeah, that's already been debunked. You go to social media right now. Uh, your time yeah, it, filled, I don't uh, even. I don't even need to go. I don't even as a as a as a citizen. Maybe not as a radio show host, but as a citizen, it didn't pass the smell test as it was coming out of his mouth. It was like, really? I mean, really? An ISIS guy is going to attack you at a thing like that? Really? It would. It would be. You know. And then no one's going to follow up on it. Anyhow, all right. So let's let's. Say for the right, right, but, but hold on, hold on, though, hold on, because you're you're speaking in the realm of possibilities. When we have a person who's basically kind of, it's like he's put a spell on this group of people, and once you're in that realm, anything sounds plausible. So the idea that a college student you gotta, is being you gotta, member, use, you gotta be specific. You're saying Trump has cast a spell on his followers. Well, well you know, I'm just I'm just joking when I say that, but just in a sense, he he's just hitting on this this angry. Uh, piece of the American pie that feels like they didn't get theirs and they feel like others are the reason that they didn't get theirs and he's just steady hitting this point which is really easy to do and I, I would I would kind of apply a, a comparison to Barack Obama in 08 hope and change no real details no real policy no real legislation that black people could hold on to but they were so emotional and willing to roll with hope and change that they were following him I think the same thing exists with Trump, where he says, make America great again. Uh, he, he says things about changing trade deals and how he's going to operate from a position of strength. Well, NAFTA, GATT, and this new TPP, those trade deals override what a president can do, and he can't sit down day one and change those. So he's giving these people all these promises and different things, but he never gives detailed information about what his campaign is really about. And it, it becomes a feel-good, emotional experience for people to go to a rally and hear about how America will be great again. The jobs will come back. This will be solved. It's kind of like a – it's kind of a revival. Yeah, essentially, essentially, yeah, that, that's what we're looking at. So I'm just sitting here watching this, and I'm amazed. Uh, the young man who called you a little bit ago, and he said uh, Black Lives Matter had, had destroyed property and done these other things. Well – in reality, Black Lives Matter is mostly college students and uh, the three queer women who actually started it. And when they have an event, if somebody else comes to the event and does something and you want to reflect that on Black Lives Matter, I don't know how anybody could ever uh, escape that smear, like any group. Well, that's what, like that's, if, what if Trump blame... is saying about, that's what Trump is saying about his rallies. He's saying people are coming in orchestrated by moveon.org or the, he's claiming the Bernie Sanders campaign or whatever are coming in and he's like, you can't fault my, he's using the same, but, but let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a second. When the, when the phrase, when that idea first popped and uh, which was, if I'm not mistaken, it was, it, things kind of blur for me, but it was right after Ferguson, right? Was it right after Ferguson that that sort of 
uh, I started. I, that's when I first think I remember seeing Black Lives Matter signs. But yeah, it, 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 well, seems like, it was before Ferguson, but that's when it started getting spotlight and everybody started to know about it. So it's been going well, it on seemed, ever since. It seemed to me like the, it seemed to me like for a little bit of time after that, there there was a little bit of um, that it, it wasn't a. a it was what, how am I trying to say this? That there wasn't a structure to it necessarily at first. That there were certain people who were more respected in the community, or who were more articulate, or or had some whatever. Like all of a sudden, it took a little bit of time for there to be sort of leadership, recognizable leadership, at least to me watching mainstream media. So, um, so but but and during that during that time, what I you know what I think I remember is there were you know things would happen. There was there would be episodes. And, uh, you know, that could, that, that uh, I think in Chicago, like when it was really cold, I remember people going down Miracle Mile. I think I remember stuff in Oakland. And it seemed like, boy, it would be a waste if people end up creating sort of havoc and, and it gets connected to the idea of Black Lives Matter instead of letting Black Lives Matter become the kind of symbolic movement, the kind of civil right, the next iteration of the civil rights movement that's been like waiting to happen for a generation. Thoughts? I'll just say to that this, and I'll keep this real simple. Uh, The way mainstream media covers any group who decides that there's something in society that they don't like and they want to protest, if you take their narrative, then no group will ever succeed because that's the way this this game is kind of played. So whatever movement comes about, they're going to be uh, called violent. They're going to be called unruly. They're going to say uh, their leadership. Uh, is not willing to negotiate. Uh, they're not really, they're not serious. So that's how every event will be covered. Right. Remember the Tea Party. They immediately went to the signs of the people holding uh, something that made Obama look like right. Hitler. So then you paint the whole Tea Party movement as racist. You go to Occupy. They go to the guy with the hacky sack in the drum circle. And they say, oh, just a bunch of hippies who don't want to work. So all movements in America face that challenge. And if we're, if we're naive enough to go by the mainstream media's uh, narrative, then none of them will ever succeed, and the people will always just point fingers and say, "Well, that's their problem." So we we have a we have a serious issue in this country of not understanding that when someone has an issue that they're bringing to the table, that's as a citizen that will affect you later. So when black children were being gunned down, white people who stood by and said, "Well, they should have done this or they should have done that," those same white people their children will be gunned down as well because whatever you can do to the weakest portion of society will eventually happen to you. So you need to, all of us need to think of things in a, in a much bigger way when we see a, a group out there and they have a, a disagreement. So when the, when the Trump voters, who I don't agree with on most things, but when they talk about domestic policy and bringing jobs back, I have to support them from that interest just in my own self-interest and say, Yes, they do have an argument there, and it needs to be listened to. So I just – while you were talking, I was just thinking about how uh, – i got to figure out how I'm going to say this. In order to have effective civil disobedience, you have to be disruptive. And the idea is if you chain yourself to a, you know, a fence at a nuclear site, they come, they arrest you, they put you in the, bla- the little uh, plastic handcuffs, and – you go and and at best you know uh, a movement might be able to get uh, a legal case going you know that can work its way up the chain and so forth. I was thinking about Gandhi and like stopping the trains and everything else. So 
you know, I've been I've been waiting to see what the symbolic uh, or the the kind of creatively disruptive thing is that is uh, that will be undeniable to uh, the ma- to the media uh, and and help people get where they're going. I, I we haven't seen it yet. We got close a bunch of times, you know, like well, going I, down the street. I, I, I would I would say this. Right, I hear you, but I would say this to that. Uh, if people really feel like black people need to make a better case for how we are treated in this country, then that case will never be made because the goal, goalposts will always be moved. So at this point, if you don't believe that black people are being abused and killed in this country, then, I mean, that's your position and it won't change. No, no, no. Well, listen, if in any given election there's stuff on the ballot, I mean, I, I think um, I think Black Lives Matter has done an amazing job of, of – really, at least on the Democratic side, getting folks to talk about um, uh, the criminal justice system and, and uh, in, in a way that it, it was clearly responsive to some of the early discussions that were had when the people, you know, when Bernie and Hillary launched for their presidency and they interacted with Black Lives Matter stuff. So they, you know, and, and, and each of those times it was, they, they, they bullied their way in front of the client, they, uh, in front of the, the candidate. They, it wasn't like they tried to set a meeting or if they did try and set it and they couldn't get it, that's how they got their issue heard. So, but but in any in any cycle, disparate, you know, people are going to try and advocate for their thing. I mean, whoever whoever you are, and you know, obviously the the uh, you know slavery is the original sin, and Jim Crow, and and the whole and the whole civil rights. Yeah, there's 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 no question that anybody who's studied this country and knows anything about what's happened that that fairness is not. Um, that ultimate fairness has not been achieved. So I'm just I was just thinking aloud about the nature of disruption because what we have here is, I mean, the, the, my my thesis with this show was that Donald Trump is intentionally inciting violence. That was the premise of the show that I wanted to ru- run with. Um, do you have a thought on that first before I keep going? Uh, yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, that that's a part of his campaign, and it's also a part of. Uh, the personality that he wants to kind of show to the people who are fed up, feel like PC is uh, stopping them from being able to speak freely, and they've kind of pushed everything into this vessel known as Donald Trump, and he seems to know how to play this game very well. But, yeah, his his, his ways of inciting violence, you played some of the clips just... earlier in your script. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's a part of that personality. Oh, go ahead, my man. No, 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 you, you're right, you're right. So... It's not just presentation, like you were just saying. It's it's actually there's actual like ramifications, real world practical ramifications that are that are, in my opinion, likely to lead to uh, physical uh, to, to to violence. And and I think people are you know people may not have been that one cop. He kept saying you know nobody was hurt in Chicago. That one cop had you know was hit over the head with a bottle and he was bleeding and had needed stitches. Like well that guy got hurt. Um, the 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 African American kid who was walking up the stairs that got sucker punched. Did he get hurt? I mean, it looked like he almost dodged it a little bit. But the, I mean, not that that's important. But my point is, people hey, get hurt. Say, and, does that change? Does that change? No, 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 no. That no, he was no, punched no, in the face but, in front of a policeman who did nothing. I mean, it's it, it is what it is, man. And if you're that policeman, let's let's think of it like you're a referee at, at a road game. Now, I'm sure his instincts were, okay, I just seen someone assault someone as a cop. I need to step in and do this. But it's like you're a ref at a road game, man. Uh, you know, the crowd is frothing at the mouth. Do you really want to uh, now all of a sudden arrest this Trump supporter for hitting this guy? You know what I mean? 
Uh, how much? How much? Yeah, when you're standing on stairs, it's a pretty. It's, it's. It's. I was just trying to get at the point of he's saying nobody's gotten hurt. Some people have gotten hurt, maybe not terribly yet, but it's only a matter of time, and probably not that much time before somebody gets badly hurt or worse. So, um, but yeah, I mean that that Chicago thing was was fascinating. I mean, there was one Secret Service agent, a uh, very short female Secret Service agent, and she got swept into a. A, a little, a little kind of brawl, like a minimal, minimum brawl, whatever. It wasn't like it wasn't all out, but she jumped in to try and break it up. And you're like, wow, really? You really are going to get in the middle of that? You're not going to win that fight. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the Secret Service agents who are re- who are uh, protecting uh, Donald Trump? What, what, I, I keep I keep wondering if they're happy about that job. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of jobs that they haven't liked that they had to take on, and I'm sure there are some who fully support him and are happy to be on the detail. But, I mean, he's he's raised his profile to the point to where he needs this, so he deserves to have it. Nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I think I agree with you completely on that. I just was wondering. And, I, and you know, let me, play, uh, let me play a Hillary Clinton response to the Trump violence real quick. I haven't played this yet. Hold on, listen. We will always have our differences. That's what happens in a democracy, and it is healthy for us to debate, to dialogue, to disagree. But the ugly, divisive rhetoric we are hearing from Donald Trump and the encouragement he has given to violence and aggression is not only wrong, it's dangerous, my friends. So I think it's dangerous to Donald. I think it's dangerous to Donald Trump, and I think it's dangerous to the other candidates, both sides. I think all of the other five candidates, or whatever, four, five, six, whatever, how many of the candidates? Ted Cruz, Rubio. Yeah, I, I, I don't think any, anything's going to happen to a candidate. I just think you're going to see supporters of each particular candidate fighting. So it becomes kind of a football team type of thing. But that that clip you just played of Hillary is hilarious. Because uh, the next morning, she released uh, a statement basically saying, uh, you know, violence never solved anything, this, that, and the third. And uh, think of South Carolina, where those nine people were gunned down, and they immediately called for peace, which probably stopped a lot of violence. Uh, So she didn't get good feedback on that. So, of course, the political chameleon, and I'm not going to say anything else about her, but that Hillary Clinton (laughs) is, now she comes out with this statement today. So it, it, it's just amazing watching some of this. It, it's like it's like Kabuki theater at a certain point, man. And I, I'm, I'm so sick of it at this point. I don't know if I'll ever vote for any of the two parties ever again. I might be a Green Party libertarian write-in guy for the rest of my life. You Before you uh, called in, I don't know if you were listening, but I said that I thought Rubio should have uh, quit the Republican Party today. I thought yeah, he should have. Ru- Rubio... Yeah, Rubio is really interesting, though, because I thought that guy would go a lot further than he did, but there was one miscalculation I made because I'm not really, uh, you know, aware of Latino culture that much, was Latino culture is not monolithic. He's a Cuban Latino, not a Mexican Latino, not a Puerto Rican Latino, and all of those other groups are not looking at him as if he's a representative of Latinos. So the whole thing, the whole card that he was supposed to have in his pocket to bring to the GOP of he'll bring the Latin vote, uh, we just found out that it, it just wasn't true. And at that point, I mean, wh- what is he running on? Not his personality, that's for sure. Well, there are a lot of people who are shocked that he didn't, uh, that he hasn't gone farther. I mean, like a lot of really the most uh, influential people, the biggest donors. I mean, after uh, 
you know, after uh, <laughs> Jeb. But but so okay, so it's it's really it's really thin ground for me to talk about this. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll venture out there, hoping for the, the that the goodwill I've engendered in my life will carry me. But early in my career, I did a I did a movie about um, gang violence in L.A. It was nominated for an Oscar, and it was about a gang of Crips who kidnapped this white cop because they believe he's guilty of murder, and the only way they'll get justice is if they he got off. The only way they'll get justice is if they try them themselves in their, their basement. It's really cool. Um, but I learned during the making of that about the brown bag thing, that there's a lot of conflict between darker-skinned African-Americans and lighter-skinned African-Americans, and it comes from it's the several-hundred-year-old thing that's, that's there. And what I was wondering was during – like right after Nevada, when Trump won Nevada and the two Cuban-Americans were kind of like – I don't think they did very well. I was wondering if – People, if if uh, Latin, if um, if if Latinos who were in the country legally resented on some level people who were coming illegally over the border, do you know what I mean? Like, like I wonder if that if it was they wanted they want the oh, I mean, much like, as, like all people, there, there's sections there's sections of the Latino group like that who believe that way, and there's sections that don't. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it something to where you could kind of uh, run on, but, I mean, it, it's something that's out there. And as far as the, the Hugh issue. But he uh, did, between, but he's uh, running on it. He's talking about, you know, closing the border and everything else, and then he wins that, the state with the largest Latino population thus far that's voted. Like, he did, he, maybe he did run on it. You know, or do, we, do we know where I, – I never understand how they parse the exit polls and, you know – everything like if they can really get a good sample of stuff but that was just something that that struck me but go ahead finish your thought and then we're gonna jump off well as far as the color thing with with black people that's based in just american policy uh if you go to south america the one drop rule was if you had one drop of white blood uh you were considered white so you've seen darker latinos as presidents and you know dignitaries in brazil and some of those countries in america the one block one drop rule was uh you were black those slave master's children, who were the lightest of children, got the most uh, benefits, uh, went to school first, got the best jobs and all of that. And you put that within any society and carry that forward, uh, that's kind of what you'll have. So that, that's, that's all that is. It's not real complicated. Uh, we'll see I'm not sure how much that's in. understood in, in uh, Caucasian culture, but the um, – yeah. It's just, you know, the Republican – I already know what the other side of this is that I'm going to say, but but there's an African American man, there was a woman, there were two Latinos. I mean, when you're looking at that group of 17 people on the stage, if you didn't understand the issues too deeply, it sure looked well. It was a heck of a lot more diverse than it's ever been before. It's just a bummer that it's kind of disintegrated into what it's become. Well, it didn't disintegrate. That's what it always was. It's it's diverse. It's diversity based on people who already agree with us on everything, and we can put this black face out here to talk really bad about black people, so therefore we don't look racist. So, I mean, that, that's a that's an old game, old kind game. So you you want that, a Sanders? You want a Sanders? We, who? Sanders? Not Sanders. Bernie sorry. Sanders? Uh, 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 no, no, no. Car, uh, Carson, sorry. No, why would I be? That's, that's, that's well, just. <laughs> that man, that man is ridiculous, and it was sad to see him put himself out there like that. It's, it's kind, it was kind of his Herman Cain uh, shot, uh, but yeah, he was he was a useful idiot for their party to look more diverse when they're actually 
as we already know their demographics, that doesn't actually exist on their side. And the people who are on their side who are of color, they can prop up and say, look, he's over here. See, that's proof that we're this way, even though all of our policies uh, smack these people directly in the face. So I'm more interested in policy, legislation, and how you govern than I am if you put a black person or white person up there saying the thing. Uh, I could care less well, about I don't the color. Like Show me what you actually gonna, about. I don't like the notion that you might never vote again in uh, in politics. Who who else is left? I mean, you said that you no, were no, a I didn't say you never vote again. I said not vote for the two party. I said oh, I would right, vote right, outside right. of the party. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I know what they are. So it, it's difficult to vote for these people when you know what they are. Uh, and, and you see the con game come every four years. And we're getting so politically lazy that we think if we just go vote every four years, that's our political responsibility. You go home and that's it. And the world Yeah, the, work the word lazy way. has come up in my writings a lot lately. Lazy, lazy. The, the politicians are lazy. The media is lazy. We're la- the voters are lazy. The citizens are lazy. There is a, there is a, a shocking amount of, uh, of laziness to go around everywhere. The, um, you know, Sanders, I really enjoy listening to the idea of of uh you know over overturning the system making the system fair for people but there's no way in four-year cycles that you know i mean even president obama had like the biggest you know uh, voting you know turnout in the in the history of well no no i'm just saying in 08 when he was when he was elected it was the biggest no other person had ever had that many votes in any election ever in the history of the planet and yet two years later he couldn't get people to turn out to uh to help him keep a majority so that he can move his agenda through and the obstructionism started. So, so I don't know. I think it needs, I think any real uh, political revolution has to have like a 10 or 12 year strategy and people gotta, gotta be into it. But anyhow, what, what do we know? We're just, we're just a couple of ducks. Right. Just a (laughs) couple of guys talking. And I'll just say this, the Bernie Sanders fans on the left who probably won't get what they want. And the Trump fans on the right who probably won't get what they want in 2020, they'll still be here. They'll be just as angry. And they probably won't go for the same mistake again, but there are going to be other politicians out there who are willing to push those emotional buttons and see where they can drive it. So we, we, got, a, we got a huge humanities and civics problem in this country. We need to educate ourselves and be prepared for these people. And by these people, I mean politicians. <laughs> well, Naj from Atlanta, dropping some knowledge. Thank you, my friend, for calling in. I appreciate your contribution. Have a good one, man. All right. Bye for now. All right, everybody. I'm still going to go for Hillary. I'm, I'm more interested in Hillary the president than Hillary the candidate, but I love her to death, and I'm still going to fight for her. Um, let's all do what we can in social media to, um, to try and advocate for ratcheting down the rhetoric and, uh, and hopefully not just you know, rubberneck along the side of the road as violence is promulgated. Uh, that's all. Sean Astin, Vox Popular Radio. Thank you so much. We'll come back on another uh, another show another time. Oh, I'm tired now. This is Vox Popular, Vox Popular, the voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now here's your host, Sean Astin. Yeah.